0: Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for being with us. And Lord, thank you for the privilege we have to worship you today. Bless us as we look into your word and as we celebrate and as we learn together. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. You know, children say the the craziest things, don't they? Somebody asked a, a group of children, how did God make mothers? One of them said, He made my mum just the same way He made me. He just used some bigger parts. They asked, Why did God make mothers? One of them said, Well, mainly to clean the house. Another said, She's the only one who knows where to find the cellar tape. And another one said, Well, just think about it. It was the best way to get more people. Why did God give you your mother and not someone else's mother? One kid went, duh, because we're related. What kind of little girl do you think your mother was? I don't know, daughter replied, but my guess was she would be pretty bossy. How did your mom meet your dad? Well, my mum was working in a shop and my daddy was shoplifting. There you go. Why did your mother marry your father? Another one said, My grandma said that my mummy didn't have a thinking cap on. Oh, I've got loads of these. I could keep going all morning. What's the difference between mothers and grandmas? One said about 30 years, but another one said, you can always count on grandmothers for sweets. And sometimes mums say they don't even have enough for bread. Describe the world's greatest mother. One kid said, the world's greatest mother would make broccoli taste like ice cream." Is there anything about your mother that's perfect? One kid said her teeth, but she bought them from the dentist. Another one said just her children. And one last one. If you could change one thing about your mother, what would it be? One kid said, she has this weird thing about me keeping my room clean. I'll get rid of that. But another one said, I'd make my mother smarter. Then she would know it was my sister who did it and not me. Kids, they have amazing insight, interesting thoughts about mothers. You know, the Bible's full of amazing women. And I want to speak to you today about one of the greatest. Her name was Yakibed. Do you know her? The name means God is her glory. She was a woman that came from the priestly line, she was a Levi, and she had an amazing attitude, a godly attitude, and not just her attitude, but her faith as well, and her faith and her attitude impacted not only her family, but the future of nations. This morning, let's learn from her lesson. If you've got a Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 1, because it shows us what she did, what we can do as well. Now, the context is Exodus 1. The people of Israel, they've been 400 years in slavery. Just think about that. They're living in a hostile nation. They're living in a nation that are oppressing them as a people. It wasn't always like that when they first went there and you remember Joseph came and became ruler and everything was great. But then over the years, it says in the Bible that they forgot about what Joseph had done, and then these people that were living in their nation became a threat to the Egyptian people, and so they started to oppress them. And so when we meet this woman, Yakibed, we, she's been born into generation and generation and generation of poverty and hardship and slavery. That's all she's ever known. It's been going back for 400 years or so before her. And then, as she is born, if things couldn't get worse, the hostility increases. And Pharaoh, because he's afraid of the people of Israel growing even stronger than the Egyptians, says that every male child who is born must die. You've got to throw them into the river. And any girl that is born, let them live. You imagine the picture, if you can just... Close your eyes for a minute and picture the scene so that in the river, the river Nile that runs through, you would see floating babies everywhere, dead. They would kill them and they would dispose of them if it was a boy. And so you imagine what it must felt like for the people of Israel living in that time, what it would be like. Imagine the the apprehension. When you find out you're pregnant, if it's a son, he's going to be killed. If it's a daughter, they'll live. How can you tell us before ultrasound came on the scene? You have to wait until that moment of birth. There's that apprehension. There's that worry. There's that fear. What's going to happen? What is it going to do? What's it going to be like? And then you have this couple. We read together from Exodus chapter 2. The couple's names are Amran and Yachibet. It says, Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. The first thing we recognize about this woman of God is that she didn't allow the negative circumstances to dictate her attitude. Nowhere in this passage, nowhere in the Scriptures, do you find her complaining about, moaning about the discovery that she's pregnant, about what's going to happen, about the future or anything else, about the circumstances around her. In fact, in the whole passage in Exodus, she's not even named. And again, they're spoken of, and we'll look at that briefly in the book of Hebrews, and she's not named there. It comes up in one tiny verse in the book of Numbers 26 verse 59 which names them as the couple. And I think that is because this woman and this man has so much humility that it didn't matter to them that they were known and that they were glorified for who they were. They had that kind of attitude. You see we always When circumstances are negative, have a choice. We can let our attitude dictate the circumstances that we're in, or let the circumstances dictate our attitude. On Friday, last Friday, we drove down, myself and my wife, we drove to see my mother, because we can't see her today, to to wish her a happy uh, Mothering Sunday. On the way back, we had to get back to to church here for 4 o'clock, all was going well up the M3 till you hit the dreaded M25. And then that was just completely blocked. So we're looking at the clock. And we've got this, you know, one of those uh, sat-navs on the, on the phone. And it starts sending you to places you've never been before and never want to go to again. And it, you're going all around. And, and even the places we were going to, it seems like everybody else must have the same sat-nav that we had because that was even blocked, and we saw the time ticking away. And in those moments, you have a choice. You can either start stressing out and saying, you know, we're going to be late, and, and what are we going to do? And oh, why do we, we should have left earlier, we should have done this, maybe we should have done that, and you get stressed. Or we can say, you know what, we're here together, why not just enjoy our time together? going to be sitting in the car for the next hour or so while we try and wind our way back home, why not just talk to one another and choose to use the extra time that we've been given in a more positive way? See, you always have that opportunity when those circumstances come. You can stress and you can worry and you can complain and moan about the circumstance or you can say you know what I'm not going to let the circumstance dictate my attitude I'm going to let my attitude dictate how I respond to the circumstance the circumstance doesn't change we were still stuck in traffic just because we decided to be happy with one another in the car instead of antagonistic towards one another in the car Didn't change the circumstance that we still had to sit in traffic till we got all the way home, but the the way home was so much more beneficial and uplifting than if we'd start stressing out because of all the traffic and that we were going to be late. What we see in this woman is you never see a word. Oh, I'm pregnant. Husband, why did you get me pregnant? Why do we do this? What happens if it's a boy? You don't even see her name, you see such humility. But more than that, she refused to allow the circumstance to dictate the future. What she was supposed to do was when a boy was born, was to do what everybody had been commanded to do. You must throw that child into the river. That child must die. And all around her, she would have seen death. All around her, she would have seen those babies floating down the river. But not here. She'd already had Miriam and Aaron. This was her third child. But she said, no, I'm not going to obey this rule. Now, I'm not sure how you hired a baby for three months. It's quite a feat, really, isn't it? Babies are not the quietest and they're not the easiest to hide. Because I imagine that she couldn't tell her neighbors, she couldn't tell anybody, probably, what was going on. Because what happens if a neighbor went and told someone? What happens if word got out that she was hiding a boy? What would have happened? Somehow she found a way to hide Moses for three months. You see, she refused to bow to the Egyptian tyranny because she feared God more than she feared humanity. And great change happens when people do that. When people are willing to stand up for what is right, when people fear God more than they fear people, that's when we see change in our world. Think back over history. Think back over all the great movements, the great changes that we've seen throughout time. It's because people have said, you know what? I am not going to just bow to what's going on here. I'm going to stand up and make a difference. I'm going to not accept the life as it is. How did apartheid change in South Africa? Because people stood up and said, this is wrong. How does all these things happen? Gandhi stood up and said, this is wrong, but we're not going to go into violence. We're going to have a peaceful demonstration, and through that bring change. You know, we we look, how did the Berlin Wall fall? How did, you know, all these things, we see people standing up in the United States right now against the guns. We see young people standing up and saying, I am not prepared to allow the NRA and other people to continue to go down this road. We want change in our country and in our nation. And it's when people have that conviction inside to say no, that we see a real change. You see, so often we, we bow to the circumstances and we allow the circumstances to dictate the future. We see that so often in the church too, today, sadly. Here we are. It's inevitable what's happening to us. Is it? And we need to be a people, not just in the church, but in our community that stand up like she did. Because she feared God more than she feared humanity. But more than that, let's read on a little bit. It goes to even deeper. Verse 3, but when she could no longer hide him, she could hide him no longer, She got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Now that took amazing courage for her to do that. She'd given everything in the pursuit of keeping her son. She'd risked herself She'd risked her other children, the opinion of others. You Imagine what would have happened if they'd have found out that she'd kept a boy. Not only would Moses have been killed, but imagine what would have happened to the rest of her family. Certainly herself and her husband would have been probably killed, and her children along with it. But maybe the whole community around would have been disciplined as well. Who knows what would have happened? I mean, Pharaoh was not exactly a nice guy, was he, to say, let's kill all these boys in the first place, all these male babies? So who knows how far his vengeance would have gone. She was a woman that risked so much for the sake of her son. Herself, she risked her family, her children, she risked the opinion of others. She, I imagine that others must have, I guess, eventually found out. What would they think? They must have been asking those same questions. Did you hear about what she did? What happens if they were, What about us? What would have happened to us because of her? And we've had to, we've had to throw our babies. Why, who does she think she is? And the isolation that she must have been in. She was a woman who risked everything. Tremendous courage. Tremendous faith. You see, she trusted God more than the circumstances and more than the opinions of others. She put her trust in what God can do, and God rewarded her. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we must live by faith, not by sight. And that's what she did. She was someone who lived by faith. She didn't know what was going to happen. She put her three-month-old baby in a basket, I guess amongst the other dead children, and pushed him out amongst the reeds. In those days, there were crocodiles in the Nile. He may well have got eaten by the crocodiles. Who knows where this baby would have sailed off to? It was a tremendous risk that she took. Showed her faith and her courage. She'd nurtured and looked after as long as she could. And then she said, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. But I trust you. I trust you. You see, faith coupled with courage are a powerful force together. It's transformational. And her faith and her courage gave the people a future. Let's carry on. Then Pharaoh, verse 5, daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. And her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, "I drew him out of the water." You know, God redeems faith in action. Hebrews 1: 11:1 says, "Faith is the assurance of things hopeful, the certainty in things that are not yet seen." And Yahibed believed in a future for her son. She didn't understand the how it was going to happen, why God had allowed this to happen to her, but she trusted God. Because if she hadn't trusted God, she wouldn't have gone to such lengths. And God looks at your faith and my faith, her faith, and he works through that faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. But he saw in Moses' mother a faith that he could reach into and pour his life through, his spirit through. She gave to God what she couldn't keep, but she ended up receiving back more from God than she thought was possible. You see, God not only saved her son, which was a miracle in and of itself, but then he promoted her son to a royal status. And then, if that wasn't enough, she got time mothering him every day. And if that wasn't enough, she actually got paid for the privilege How many mothers would have loved that? Get paid for the privilege of bringing up your own child. You see how God increased because of her faith? That's what God can do when we show faith, like the faith of this woman. Do you think it was a coincidence that God chose his mother Iachibed, to be the one who instilled herself into Moses during those formative years. You see, Yakibed's faith, her courage and her love, not only saved her son, but it instilled within her son those characteristics that you see later in his life. Moses became the man that he became because Yaqubeb was the kind of woman of God that she was. The character that we see later in Moses is the character that we see in his mother. Because she spent all those formative years God said, I can use this woman. I can flow through this woman of God into this man and give him the characteristics that he will learn from his mother. Hebrews 11, 24 describes it. Let me just read it to you. In that great passage of faith, it says in verse 23, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Where do you think he learned those characteristics? Where do you think he learned that courage and that perseverance and that faith? He learned it from his mother, because she first instilled it within him, which is why God gave him back to his mum. You know, we all have people we influence around us. Maybe it's our family, children, friends, colleagues, maybe neighbors, or others here in the family of God. Who we are, how we demonstrate faith and the character of God can make a huge impact on those around us. This morning, I want to ask for you to ask yourselves two questions just for yourself. The first question is this Who are the Yaqui beds in my life? Who are those people who are investing in me to help me become the person God wants me to be? You know, we can't become the people God wants us to be on our own. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You can't love in isolation. We are built, made for community. And therefore, the people around us impact us. When you have people like Moses' mother, the impact is great within you. Think about the sphere of people around yourself today. Are they helping you to grow? and encouraging you to be the person god wants you to be in all that's fullness that's who jacobeth was that's what she instilled in moses and in aaron and in miriam who are those people for you and secondly How are you being that kind of person to others around you? You see, she was one awesome person, an awesome mother, an awesome woman of God. It was through her and her courage that the history and the future of Israel and of Egypt changed. One woman's faith, one woman's trust in God, and one woman's openness to be an instrument in God's hands. How about you? How about me? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the example of Yaakobed. A woman who's not named, you have to look in the long lists even to mention her name. Such humility, but such courage and such faith. Lord, may we be people like her. People of humility, but people with an amazing courage and faith. That when we need to stand up for you, we stand up for you. Even if it is against everything that is around us, we stand for you. We might not have the answers, but we trust you in spite of that. And Lord, may we be people who instill in others that same courage and faith that can transform generations and people around us for your honor and glory. Thank you for this woman of God, for her life and her witness. She changed the course of history. You did through her. Lord, use us to change the world in which we live for your glory too. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.